Hey everyone, happy Wednesday, August 17th. Again, officially over halfway through the month of August now. It feels weird that this is, I read today that this is the final sunset um, after 8 p.m. That makes me sad, but also a little bit happy because, you know, we're getting closer and closer now um, to the start of the NHL season. This hat up here just makes my hair look like, um, this looks looks ridiculous to be honest with you. Um, But for today's show, we're going to go over uh, my personal top five moments from this past Penguin season. And we're also going to get into the games that I'm really looking forward to this year, like, you know, five to 10 games somewhere around there to get you all um, prepped up for the season. And also again, look back to at some um, great and also some historic moments from this season. Um, That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LNSW Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Not much around the league so far, though we did see former Pittsburgh Penguin Jack Johnson sign with the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday night. No, I'm not joking. He is back in the league for another year. Thought he was maybe going to retire, call it a career, walk off in the sunset. Nope, decided he would come back and play at least one more year. Um, getting around 900, 950K with the Blackhawks. That's just a total tank move by them. Honestly, just a, a peak tank move um, by them. I mean, this this team that Chicago has assembled, it's going to suck. Um, I can almost kind of feel bad for Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. I think they're likely both going to be traded either some point during the, during the rest of the season or by the trade deadline. Um, they don't you know, for two players that have a lot of pride that have led that organization to three Stanley cups. Uh, I, I definitely kind of feel bad for, for them with this just because, you know, could you imagine Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on that kind of team? What do you think Sid would have signed off on that kind of rebuild? Probably not. I mean, sure. Chicago, it's probably time for them to do it, but you know, they probably didn't need to do it this soon. If their last management team didn't screw up a lot of moves and, you know, you want to go learn more about the Blackhawks? Go listen to Jack Bushman's show for Locked On Blackhawks. He does a tremendous job. I I envy him. Well, I, I should I should I, um, I'll retract that. I don't envy him this season because it's it's gonna be a bad year there. But you know, wanted to start off the show with a little bit of former Penguin news. And yes, the Penguins are still pay, paying Johnson to be off the team. That's gonna be happening for the next few years. Now, getting to the, my, we're going to start off the show with the top five moments from the 2021 2022 season. For number one, for me, it's got to be opening night. You know, the, the Lightning, they're coming in, two time defending champions. Sure, they may be a little bit hungover from the, from the summer, but whatever. Penguins, they're, they're down. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, Sid had COVID at that point. Um, Gino, um, he, he was obviously out. Um, with the knee injury, but you know, and Jeff Carter, you know, he, he literally is basically the first line center at that point. Teddy Bluger is, you know, running the show on the second line, Brian Boyle, you know, I think is even running a center spot and the penguins just go in there and open up a can 
of just you know what you 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 know the saying um you know it was just a complete dominant performance by the penguins tampa bay never really stood a chance in that game and you know i remember you know josh yoey writing an article about this after the game of the athletic and he said this was probably one of the top five greatest wins you know at least right definitely regular season wise potentially all time in the mike sullivan era and you know i'd have to agree with him you know this is that was the kind of game that you know, the Penguins excel at under Sullivan. They didn't give Tampa Bay any room to breathe. Even John Cooper after the game said, yeah, we got our butts absolutely kicked. You know, when you bring a team in here like Pittsburgh, who, you know, they have a good system in place, have a heck of a coach, even if they're shorthanded, they're still dangerous. And, you know, we pay the price. I mean, that was basically what he said after the game. You know, you had um, Dominic Simone, of all people, um, score. In that game, I'm, I'm I'm looking up. The, I'm making sure I have the box um, score right. Um, and you know, Heinen gets the first goal of the year. Brian Boyle gets his first goal of, as a penguin. As a penguin, Teddy Bluger also scores. Evan Rodriguez and then Brian Rust also um, gets a goal. And you know, this game it was never close. You know, it was two to nothing going into the third period. It was three to nothing with less than seven minutes, actually less than six minutes to go. John Cooper ended up pulling his goalie. Teddy Bluger then scores to make it four to one. Sure, Alex Cologne scored to make it four, two or three minutes left. But, you know, that was just a garbage time goal at that point. You know, the Penguins defensively were solid as a rock. Jari made some really nice saves, especially in the first period. Um, Even though the Penguins, they came out well, but, you know, Tampa Bay, they had some pushes on the way. Um, Pittsburgh really had no business winning that game. And, you know, just a lot of depth players that shine throughout the season, you know, they got their seasons off to a great start in that game. And, you know, it it takes a deep forward group to win against that kind of team, especially when you're not playing with two of your three best players. And the Penguins were able to make it look so easy. I know they lost to Tampa Bay. What was it like a week or two later? Um, You know, Gino was not, Gino was not playing that game. I don't even, I don't, if I recall correctly, I'm not even sure if Sid um, was playing that game. Actually, no, my mistake. I'm pretty sure Sid, Sid missed that game because of the surgery that he had um, over the offseason. I, I apologize um, for that. Now, I, I know he had COVID throughout the season, uh, during the season, but um, he was still out um, with that wrist injury. He ended up coming back a little bit um, after the season started. Um, and you know, the Penguins, they... They did what they could. They stayed in that race or they stayed close enough that they could get back in the race. Cause at the time when Sid was out, you know, they were out of the playoff picture. They were down towards the bottom of the Metro, but you know, they stayed within striking distance point two, three points out. And once Sid came back, they were able to, you know, really rise up even when, when dealing with other COVID outbreaks and that kind of stuff. So I apologize for that. It was, it was the wrist injury. I almost just blocked it out um, to, to be honest with you guys about that but you know that to me that's my what my top favorite moment of the season my second favorite moment um you know chris Latang capping off Sidney crosby's 500th goal night um you cannot lose when sid hits that kind of milestone 500 you know only you know a select amount of players have ever reached that point for their respective initial careers you know it looked like for a while that the penguins are going to lose that game it was four to two going into the third period and 
you know, all of a sudden Penguins make it four to three. Then Chabber Weedle of all people, he ties the game at four four. The Penguins game, you know, they go into overtime against the Flyers. And then of all people, of course, Latang gets the winner against Philadelphia, beats Carter Hart, flop five for the Penguins, and all the fans go home happy. Um, you know, it just it would have been such a it obviously everyone obviously would have remembered it for Sid's five hundred goal despite the loss, but it would have just been such a buzz kill if they lost that game. So um, on, on a very special night against the Penguins, most heated rival against Sid's most hated team with everything that he said, you know, about the Flyers over the course of his career, you know, that had to end with a win. And, you know, I am so glad um, that it did. So that's my favorite, my second favorite moment. The third one was the Penguins-Bruins game when Brad Marchand decided to go, you know, just crazy. You know, that was the game where the Penguins, you know, they actually won another game in Boston. That's only, I believe, the second time they've won in Boston since 2014. They uh, beat them there um, last year, I'm pretty sure, to actually, you know, end the streak um, for the first time in seven years. But, you know, this one, the Penguins, they were down early, um, a couple goals, and then Canton Heinen's able to lead them back. Um, and then with just a few seconds to go, you know, Brad Marchand, you know, just basically sticks Jari in the face after he said, you know what, how about that effing save? And that just led to a whole bunch of other um, nonsense. But, you know, with the way the Penguins were able to come back in that game, just with how, you know, it's just it, with, with the Penguins history at TD Garden, re, even recent history, um, it didn't look good. But the Penguins, you know, they started out that game so poorly or getting badly outshot. Badly out chance, but they were able to come back, take over the game a little bit in the second period, play really well in the third to get that result. That was, um, I believe, you know, I think it was like like a January. Yeah, I believe yeah, it was a January game, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that was j- just such a fun moment for this team. Um, number four, I, ju- I just had it. Jeez. Um, uh, wow. Um, I, I, I just had it in my head, but, um, I guess I'm just, you know, waiting for it to come back. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. Um, Tristan Jari's shot out against the Rangers, um, earlier this year. That was that one, nothing game. It was the only regular season game that the Penguins, you know, had won against the Rangers. And I, I did remember the other one that I had, that's going to be at number five. Um, the only um, time the Penguins beat the Rangers in the regular season. And, you know, that was just a masterful performance. I thought by Pittsburgh, um, especially defensively, Jari made some outstanding saves on the Rangers. It was, you know, close to a, a 50-50 game, as you can get. Shesterkin on the other side was great. It was an Evgeny Malkin power play goal that made the difference. Sure, it was maybe a little bit of a phantom call, but, you know, you still take the win when you get it. Um, but I thought, you know, that was, you know, a preview of what was to come in the playoffs. And, you know, at times it was. I mean, obviously that was an epic series. Still think the Penguins probably should have won the series if they would have gotten, you know, adequate goaltending. But that was still one heck of a moment and a game during the season. Um, you know, just textbook playoff game early on in the year, well before the playoffs started. And, you know, I absolutely loved it. Um, number five, the game in Las Vegas. The Penguins go down three goal goals early. And, you know, normally against a team like Vegas, that is, you know, that good with, you know, so many high power players at the time. They had Patrick Reddy on the team, you know, Mark Stone, Jack Eichel. You know, Evgeny Dadanov, Riley Smith, all these players, and, and a couple of them were banged up. 
at the time, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, Robin Leonard was in net. And the Penguins, they come out guns a-blazing in the second period. And that's 3-1. to one. Then it's 3-2. Then they finally tie the game. And then later on in the game, they took, take their first lead. And they're able to win that game. I believe the final score was 5-3. Um, to three. I'm making sure um, I get this right here. Um, yeah, it, it was five to three, you know, the Penguins, that was one of their first three goal comebacks. Um, I believe in the last couple of years, um, and just the way that Pittsburgh was able to take over that game after just a poor start overall. Um, and you know, it wasn't even really Tristan Jari's fault when he was starting that game. Vegas was just all over, uh, Pittsburgh. You know, it's obviously a very tough arena to win in just because the fans are always electric. There doesn't matter what time of year it is. Um, but, you know, the will and the perseverance that the Penguins had to come back and win that game, nothing short of spectacular. So those are my top five favorite moments slash games from the 2021-2022 regular season. Um, let me know what your top five moments are from the season. What do you think I missed or should have been in my top five? What is in your top five? Let me know down in the YouTube comments. Or you can send me a DM on social media um, and all that stuff. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into – um, the top games I'm looking forward to this year, um, just for you know one reason or another. But before we get into that, it's time to talk about something pretty serious. It can happen so easily. Say you're out with your friends or coworkers, you're putting back a few drinks, a few become a few too many. It's time to go for a moment. You know, you think you're calling for a ride. Now you're a good driver. You live nearby. You can make it home okay. You just want to drive home. But what are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride from an Uber, friend, family member, anything like that. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO. So let's get into the top five games I'm really looking forward to this year. I will say one of them on here is a little bit biased because I am going to be there. Um, That's going to be a little later on for my list. But the first one that actually comes to mind um, is, you know, a couple of these are actually really early in the season. And I'll say this, you know, Penguins, Blue Jackets, it may sound weird to you all, but I'm really hyped for that game. Johnny Goudreau's first game against the Penguins as a Blue Jacket. This has been not even really a rivalry. It's just been a big brother, little brother series. Excuse me. I feel like Mike Francesa drinking a freaking Coca-Cola while doing a podcast. He used to always do that uh, when he was doing this stuff on New York Sports Radio. Um, you know, this, is, this has been, again, just a big brother, little brother thing for the last eight years. Basically, it's very rare that the Penguins lose to the Blue Jackets. I think, you know, over these last eight years, they've won the season series every single time. But, you know, I'm really looking, you know, forward to that game. You know, I think the the Jackets, I don't think they're there yet as a playoff team, but I do think Goudreau gets them a bit closer. I think the games are going to be a lot more fun to watch this year just because, you know, Columbus does have more, you know, offensive talent now that Johnny is there. Lane just got a massive deal if he can put – more pieces to his game together. You know, I think, you know, Columbus can be, you know, pretty decent there. 
Um, I think, you know, Jacob Voracek, if he can score more, I know he's a good playmaker, um, but, you know, he, he, he didn't really score a lot of goals himself. Last year, Zach Wierenski is really good. They can get Merz Leakins to be, you know, good again. You know, I think this team can make a little bit of noise, but again, I'm not sure if they'll be a playoff team, but no, I'm really looking forward to that matchup this season. I think it's going to be um, a really good game. And honestly, the, ne- the next night after is one of my top five games I'm looking forward to as well. Penguins-Oilers. Sid, McDavid, what can you say? You know, both games last year, um, even though the Penguins lost, they were fun to watch just because, you know, you, you have to cherish these kind of moments since Sid is not going to be around here, you know, forever. You know, he's 35 at this point. Connor's a lot younger than him right now. There's going to be a time where these two are not going to play together. Every time they go at each other, it's always one of the best matchups of the year. This one I'm sure is going to be no different. I'll be curious to see if the Penguins can get some revenge after they got – you know, kind of dog walked by Edmondson both times last year. You know, that second game, uh, Edmondson came into Pittsburgh and they, um, you know, they absolutely crushed them. That was the game where I was really worried about the team going forward. That was, you know, that I even posted an episode saying, you know, I thought they were cooked. Proved me wrong a little bit in the playoffs. It went up three games to one. And obviously, again, with the goaltending situation was bad. But, you know, I thought at that point that they just, you know, they, they did not have their legs. Um, to say the least. So those are my, you know, two of my top five games looking forward to. The next one, I got to say, I know I'm a little biased with this, but Pittsburgh, Toronto on November 15th, my birthday. Um, I'm so stoked to be going back to Pittsburgh for that game. This will be the first time I've at PPG um, since very late 2019, early 2020. I went with my um, ex-girlfriend at the time. This was when I just started out the show too. Had some listeners, not nearly as many as I have today, um, but just, you know, being able to see, you know, Sid go at Austin Matthews and just, you know, both cores, you know, going up against each other. Um, I think that's just going to be excellent offensive hockey. Both teams play a very high up-tempo pace, and I think it's going to be one of the games of the year, um, in my opinion. The Penguins usually play Toronto pretty well at home. It's at Toronto where they've struggled in the past, but, you know, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, Number four, I got to say it. You know, I think um, the Winter Classic in Boston, look, I know watching games actually outside is probably not the greatest because the view is so far away. You know, the, the, the players, you know, they actually look like ants when you're trying to watch the game. You almost have to, like, use binoculars or something like that. And I say that just because I've had a couple people go to those games and they told me that. No, it's just it's it's hard to see where the puck is. You know, people have trouble following the puck, even at the, even at the actual arena. So, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I still you know just watching on TV. It's at Fenway Park, one of baseball's most historic stadiums. Two teams, Pittsburgh Boston, that do not like each other. Being the battle of black and gold, um, so much high end talent that's going to be on the ice. I think it's just going to be. Um, a great spectacle. You know, the winter classic is always amazing to watch on television. Again, you know, sure. The hockey may not be the greatest just because it's different conditions outside and, you know, fans that go to the game there. Um, it's a bit of a different, of a different viewing experience, but man, you know, for, t- for TV, I'll always say outdoor hockey is a lot of fun to watch on television. If anyone can hear in the background, my puppy over here is just trying to eat his food bowl, food bowl, excuse me. So I'm going to, have to deal with that after I finish recording this. And then finally, the next game that I'm, you know, the last game that I'm really looking forward to here, 
Um, you know, honestly, I'll say it. It's not going to be another divisional game. Pittsburgh, Colorado. No, the first time they come to uh, Colorado comes to Pittsburgh February. Uh, the only time they, I should say, they come to Pittsburgh on this year, February 7th of next year. The two games they played last year were really fun. That Penguins game in Denver. I mean, I, I, I mean, I tweeted at the time, just sign me up for six to seven games of those two teams going at it. Thrawny, stop eating your food bowl. I'm going to shout you out on this podcast because you're being a nut. And you're just looking at me. You know, but that game just just amazing theater. You know, it's you know, one nothing, one one, two one, two, two, three, two. Matheson ties it with less than five minutes to go in third period. You think all oh, the penguins are gonna at least steal a point out of this. Nope, Colorado comes back down 40 seconds later, gets the game winner um with only a few minutes left. And that's the game there. The game in Pittsburgh, you know, penguins in the Avalanche, they're kind of going back and forth a little bit, but you know, the Avs were able to get the better goaltending in that game and you know, it wasn't for a lack of the Penguins not playing well. I thought they did what they could. It's just Colorado is that good. But I'll never pass up watching Nathan McKinnon and Cindy Crosby go at it. Um, just, you know, both cores are so much fun to watch. I think Kale McCarr is probably a top high player in the sport right now, regardless of position. Just, you know, I call him the next Paul Coffey, uh, to be honest. But um, Phil Electric Hockey, when those two teams get together, and for me, those are the top five games that I'm most looking forward to this year. What about you all? You know, do you do you think I should have put in, you know, maybe some more divisional games, that kind of stuff? You know, let me know down in the comments and all that. Um, but before I get to the final segment for today's show, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find news, reviews, and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of our sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. You can head to the BetOnline today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Just want to spend a few minutes here talking about um, just you know Mike Sullivan overall. You know we're entering um, what is it now? Um, this will be his eighth full season behind the bench um, in Pittsburgh, and it's it's crazy um, to think about that. You know, one of the longest you know tenured coaches. Um, uh, in, in the league. Sorry, I was just you know making just making sure I had something up here. Um, that's correct. Um, but you know, just you know, outside of John Cooper, you know, the longest tenured head coach in the league right now, and you know, I, I've been thinking about this question in my head lately. How long do you all think he's going to be the coach for this team? I hope it's going to be a while because again, I think he's arguably the best coach in this franchise history with what he's done with the back-to-back cups, with how he's been able to have this team, you know, prepped and ready for most of the games during the season. You know, most coaches, you know, they have an expiration date. You know, you, you look at, you know, before, you know, even like the not like the, the whole stuff with Joel Quenville, you know, back in 2010 with Kyle Beach, you know, he, with in Chicago, which was obviously terrible. But still, I, I'm, for this point, I'm talking about, you know, he had his expiration date. In Chicago, Mike Babcock, he had his expiration date in Detroit and then Toronto, you know, 
someone like Bruce Boudreau, he's at his expiration point, uh, his expiration date in a lot of other um, places. But, you know, for someone like, you know, even Barry Trotz, Washington, Nashville, the Islanders, one of the three best coaches, I think, in the league. And, you know, Bruce Cassidy, same with Boston. He was somehow fired. But, you know, with Mike Sullivan, when is that date coming? Is it at the end of this year if the Penguins don't do any damage in the playoffs? If they're a first-round exit again, if they get in, does that persuade the ownership and the management group to potentially cut bait with, again, one of the greatest coaches that's ever come in to this organization. I would have, I'm honestly thinking right now with how much Hextall and Burke respect him that they potentially keep him for another year. But you know, this is a result results oriented business. So in the back of my head, I'm kind of like, you know, if things do go South at some point during the regular season or in the playoffs, you know, does Mike Sullivan, you know, does he get the ax? And, you know, for those wondering what my opinion is, I mean, I've shared it on the show numerous times. You know, I think he's one of the three best coaches in the league. I would not, I would be very hesitant to fire to fire him because I think no matter where you look, I think you're going to downgrade at that position. You know, maybe at some point they could use a new voice, but I mean, it's definitely not right now. You know, the last couple of years, um, he's just been really screwed by goaltending when it's mattered most. And I brought this point up a lot on the show. It's it's honestly hilarious how often the Penguins have gotten just royally like cucked by goaltending in this Sid and Gino era. They have actually gotten more worse goaltending in the playoffs than they've actually gotten elite goaltending. Yet they've won three Stanley Cups off that. It's just, it's hilarious. And it's just the big what if scenario, I'm sure for so many people is, you know, what if they actually got adequate, good goaltending in some of those really peak Sid years like 2012 and 2013 and, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, no, it's just, it boggles my mind, but, you know, just getting back to what I was saying overall, you know, I hope that we're not reaching that point yet with Mike. I think he's, again, one of the greatest coaches in the league. He's just a, a tactical master, I think, at preparing for opponents, you know, when uh, I know a lot of people were concerned about that series against the Rangers because the Penguins had not adjusted to what they were doing, but you give Sullivan time to actually prepare for an opponent he will do it and he will do it masterfully. You know, he, even against the Islanders, they outplayed them, I thought, for at least four of those six games. And you could see that, you know, they were, they had really pushed them, not even the Bruins, you know, who I thought were a really good team at the time. They didn't really prepare for them as well as the Penguins did. You know, against Montreal, I thought the Penguins, they were the better team in that series. Carey Price was a difference maker. Matt Murray wasn't that good, but I thought the Penguins, I, I know they don't, sometimes play that well against those kind of trappy based teams. But, you know, I thought they almost did well enough, you know, to win that series. It's just, you know, Sullivan, you know, he needs to have the right goalie in place to be healthy and putting up the numbers so that his system can, you know, you know, overall effectively work. You know, I think as long as they have him, this team is not going to miss the playoffs. I'm sure you will see people project them to miss this year. I don't really care. To be honest, it's just, you know, it, people have been waiting for the demise of the Penguins for so long. No, it's it's whatever to me at this point. But, you know, let me know what you all think. Do you think Sullivan's expiration date is coming? Do you think it could be this year, potentially next year? Just because, again, you know, all coaches have a shelf life. You know, it's very rare when you see a coach just stay with a team for this long. So it's definitely something that I've been thinking about. It's some, I don't want him to leave anytime soon, but... You know, again, if the Penguins don't start getting at least some results in the playoffs, I don't even know if they have to win the cup this year. 
But if they can, you know, win a round or two, he'll definitely be back next year. But if they can't, no, I think there's going to be some hard questions being asked in the Penguins ownership group in their front office. Um, but that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We really appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'll be back with another show on Friday where we'll talk um, some other topics relating to your favorite hockey team. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful Wednesday and a wonderful Thursday, and I'll talk to you all sometime on Friday.